Hey guys, this is Pastor Ryan, lead pastor of Live Alive Church. I believe that this message is going to encourage you, equip you, and empower you to be all that God has called you to be. Thank you for listening in. God bless. That you fall in love with Jesus even deeper and deeper through this series. That's my heart, and that's my goal for this series. It, it's, it's just an intimate, an intimate time to go deeper into the Scripture and deeper into who God says that you are. And, and, and so the message that I've been speaking on is the hand of God for the last three weeks. And, and so now the first message was about the touch of God and about how, how His power can form you and transform you and, and how He's made you a new creation. And, and the, the uh, second message was about Him covering you and how His hand protects you and how His hand guides you and how He leads you and keeps you safe and how He's your fortress when you're weak. And, and now this third part of the series on the, on the message, the hand of God, I want to speak about the cross and, and I want to speak about the promise. And, and it's going to go deeper and I got to lead you up to what, I, what God had given me for it. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms chapter 22 and we'll go deeper here. Psalm chapter 22. When you're there, say amen. Psalm chapter 22. Starting in verse 1 says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. You, in you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock, they hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb, you made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breast, from birth I was cast on you, on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions and that tear, tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Last verse. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I want you to underline that. They pierce my hands and my feet. So I want to speak to you about the hand of God, part three, the cross and the promise. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Father, that your word is already anointed. Father, I pray that today, God, that we would hear you on another level, experience your power on another level. God, that you would take us deeper into your word, Father, that we would be filled to overflowing. 
Father, that you would teach us who you are through the scriptures, Father, as we listen to your word and we hear your word, Father. Father, I pray your word will go out with power to transform us, to take us deeper into an intimate level with you. So, Father, I pray that you would have your way this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So, sorry about that. So, the first message was about the touch of God and his power and how God has spoke creation into existence by what he said out of his mouth. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. And he created day and night, the, the sun and the moon. And how when he conformed man, he actually formed him with his hands from the dust of the earth. So we moved on from creation to how God conformed man. And then we went on to how God covered man with in, in, in Genesis when he covered Adam and Eve with the animal skin and how he covered them and protect them, how it was significant of Christ, how the cross came into existence and how the lamb had covered them by their blood and God had to cover them with his protection and with his grace and with his mercy and how God cast them out of the garden and how sin came into the earth and now we moved on from creation to conformity and how God covered them and now I want to get to the cross. And I want to tie this in together where you understand the hand of God all through Scripture and how God's grace was all through Scripture and at, and at the cross, how his hands were nailed to the cross. And we'll get there in a, in a minute. But I want to talk about how once a year in the Old Testament, there was this day that was called the Day of Atonement. And what happened was, was on the day of atonement, the high priest would enter into the most holy of holies. He would do this once a year for the forgiveness of everybody's sin. And what he had to do was he had two goats and he had, he had to have two animals that day. And he had to sacrifice one and the other one was called the, the scapegoat. And what he would do is he would slaughter one goat and he would take the blood and enter into the most holy of holies. And what he would have to do is he had to spring sprinkle that blood with his hand on the on on the atonement cover on the, on the mercy seat of God. And what he had to do was before he had to go into the most holy place, the Bible says you can re read it in Leviticus chapter 16, I believe, but I don't have time to go there. You can read it for yourself. And the, the Bible says that the, the priest had to wash himself before. He had to wash himself because this was the most sacred, the most holy place he was about to enter. And he only did this once a year. So he had to actually sacrifice uh, an animal for himself and his family first before he could even sacrifice for other people. My God, I feel like that spoke to somebody just then. I feel like that God, God has to get us to a place where we have to sacrifice for ourselves, sacrifice for our families, sacrifice for the call of God that is on our lives. That way, if we can sacrifice for ourselves first, we can move on to another level and be there for other people and help other people and, that are struggling and who are bound. And that way we can help them be who God has called them to be. And now he goes and he washes himself and he has to put a linen, a linen 
cover over his body and then he had to put a turban on his head and so what happened was is that he slaughtered the animal he had to take the blood and he had to go past the holy of holies in order to put the blood on the atonement cover and when he did that he had to get done that and then when he was finished with that he had to come back out of the holy of holies and still take the blood and the bible says when he took the uh, the blood of the of the goat he had to the other scapegoat that he he didn't slaughter he had to take the blood and he laid hands on him he had to lay hands on him and he had to pray over all the sins and all the wickedness of the people in the land. So he, you, you can imagine that this, this priest had all this blood all over him, blood all over his hands and everything. And so he, he comes out of the Holy of Holies and thank God he, God didn't strike him dead so he must have did it right. And so he comes out and, and there's this other goat and he's called the scapegoat. And so what he had to do was lay his hands on him and put blood on him which represented God casting your sins as far as the east is from the west and so he laid his hands on him and when he laid his hands on him he had to pray for him pray for the people and all the wickedness and all the sin and then as soon as he got done praying the scapegoat would run out into the wilderness which represented God is casting your sin as far as the east is from the west so what happened was that the sins of the people remain no more because the sacrifice of one of, of, of one animal took away it was the blood that was shed the Bible says that if there was no shedding of blood there could be no forgiveness of sins I want you to understand that that this went on for years this went on what they had to do in the old testament went on for years every year there had to be the atonement there had to be blood to be shed and and every year people got together and and every year people knew what was getting ready to happen and how their sins would be forgiven for the things that they've done and things that they struggled with and things that they dabbled in and they did this for years after year after year and what God did was he got to a point where he, he got so sick and tired of people giving sacrifices that didn't mean anything to him anymore. You can read it in Isaiah chapter 1. He got so sick and tired. He said, all your sacrifices, all the shedding of blood is meaningless to me. He said, this is what you need to do. You need to go out there and be there for the oppressed and be there for the widow woman and be there for those who are struggling. He said, you keep coming to me with these sacrifices, but you, you keep coming to bring a sacrifice to me, but you're not being changed. You're not being transformed. You're not being different. So what he said was, in other words, he said, you know what you're doing? You, 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 you're, so, you're being so caught up in a ritual that you're not being righteous. <laughs> and see, that's what sometimes happens with us. We get so caught up into just coming to church and coming to church instead of becoming the church, right? So we keep just following these rituals from our grandmother and our grandfathers and our mothers and our, and our daddies. And, and, and so we just think that it's, it's time to go to church, so let's put our Sunday best on and put our suits on and put our ties on and let's look Jesus said come to me all who weary he didn't say come to me you who have the best dress you who have the best tie you who have the best hair you who have the best skin he said come to me all who weary and are heavy laden and you will find rest take upon me my yoke my yoke is easy and so God was saying is that you keep doing this year after year you keep sacrificing all these animals and all this blood and it's being, it's being poured out but he said it's meaningless to me 
It's meaningless to me. See, we get so caught up and we think that sacrificing and then, then, we, then we, and, and then we start getting caught up in this ritual. We start getting caught up in doing these things because, in other words, what he's saying is that you're doing this because you have to. You're not doing it because you want to. And that's a scary place to be when you get when when God is calling you to be be something more and calling you to church. It's 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 a bad place to get to a place where you're sacrificing and that you this becomes a ritual to you and you come into church and you're doing the things of the Lord not because you want to, but because you have to. You can't do it because you have to. You have to get to a place where you're doing it because you want to. You're doing it because God's called you to it. You're doing it because God's love it ran red for you on the cross. You're doing it because God's mercy and God's grace and God's hand is upon your life. You can't do it because it's a ritual. You can't do it because it's religion. You can't do it because, because you, you feel like, okay, so everybody's doing it, so I have to do it. No, God will bless your want to. He'll bless your want to, wanting to do it, wanting to dig deeper, wanting to be more hungry, wanting to be more sacrificial, wanting to be more obedient, wanting to be more on fire, wanting to be more blessed, wanting to be more uh, hungry for who he is. He will not bless your have to because he's looking at it and he knows that you're only doing it because, you know, it's, it's what the Bible says. I have to do it. So now it becomes this ritual and it becomes this instead of becoming this relationship with Christ. And we get so caught up, and, and that's why we don't go deeper in God. That's why we struggle with who God is and struggle with the calling on our lives because we get so tired and worn out, and we just sit back and we say, well, I sacrificed all this, so now I'm just going to ha have to do it because the Bible says I have to do it. No, God's saying you don't have to do it. I want you to get to a place where you want to do it. There's a difference because if you get to a place where you have to do it, you're going to get burnt out spiritually. But if you get to a place where you're saying, you know, what God no matter what comes my way no matter what happens to me no matter what struggle comes no matter if I'm in depression no matter if I'm hit with anxiety no matter if I'm hit with things from every every direction God I'm going to do it because I want to do it because God you did something for me back then you're going to do something for me now and I know that if I have a want to then God will bless me and God will fill me up God will anoint me for the purpose and for the calling that is on my life my God do you hear what I'm saying God will bless you so what we have to understand is that we have to stop coming to church and become the church and stop coming because it's religion. Stop coming because it's because it ended up becoming a ritual for you because you have to have step by step by step. See, some people get out of order if it's not this way or that way. Yeah, I understand God's a God of order and that and that God is not the author of confusion. The enemy is so the enemy will cause confusion and cause you to think things that you shouldn't think and do things that you shouldn't do. And what happens is we have to understand that God is a God of order. But just because it doesn't happen the way your grandfather used to do it or your grandmother used to do it or your mommy and your daddy used to do it doesn't mean that it's not God. God is always doing something new. He's always doing something great. He's always doing something more powerful and more deeper. He's trying to get us to be with him on a deeper level and experience him on a more powerful level so we know who he is deeper. Because it's not just to know him that he died for us on the cross. Yeah, we understand that. Yes, that's great. Yes, that's why we are living. That's why we are breathing. That's why he, his grace and his mercy is upon our lives. But it goes so much more farther than the cross. He wants you to know who he is uh, and know who he is 
more intimate know who he is more deeper because he is the god of all creation he is the god he, it goes so much deeper than who you think he is and he wants you to know him he wants you to seek him he wants you to follow him and so we get to this place where from malachi to the book of matthew scholars believe that there was a 400 year silence from god there was 400 years silence that God didn't speak for 400 years. So now I want, I, want, I want you to understand something here. So now that God in the beginning spoke creation into existence and Jesus was with God when he said, let us make man in our image. Jesus, the, the, the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit were all together. They're all one. And so God spoke into existence creation. He, he formed man and, and he covered man. And now he, we come to the cross. We come to the cross and we understand that now that just like I taught last week, how God said, now that you're cast out of the garden, now that I can't physically be here with you, I'm going to be spiritually with you. And now I'm gonna, you, you're going to be used as my hands on earth to get things done. And now guess what? There was a 400-year silence from the book of Malachi to the book of Matthew. And what God was trying to say is that I'm tired of the sacrifice. Sacrifices. I'm tired of you guys not doing what I've called you to do and not being obedient. Now I have to send my son to get what I have to do to get done what you can't do. In other words, he said, I have to send my son to do for you what you can't. Mm -hmm. He said, I have to get my son to come to the earth. The Bible says that he humbled himself to the point of the cross, to the point of death. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, you can read it. And it talks about how he humbled himself and he sent his son to do what we couldn't do anymore. And Jesus went, a, went around healing people when he went around performing signs and performing wonders and, and performing all these things. Just when he was a little boy, he even said, I'm about my father's business. Do you understand? He even said that he, even when he got baptized and, and God affirmed him as his son and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And even Jesus, the Bible says that he went about preaching the gospel, preaching about the kingdom of heaven. So he, he was ended up preaching about those preaching about who he was and the Bible says that he went around preaching the kingdom of heaven is near. You want to know why he said he was going around preaching the kingdom of heaven is near, David? It's because he was the kingdom of heaven. He was there. He said, I'm the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. In other words, he was saying that I am the kingdom of heaven. That's why he said he is near. He was bringing heaven to earth. He was bringing himself to earth to be the sacrificial lamb of God just like the, the, the one year of atonement had to take place and we come to the scripture in Psalms chapter 22 where this is a prophetic calling this is a prophetic insight of King David writing this and pinning this scripture where Jesus had cried out on the cross my God my God why hast thou forsaken me and that's exactly how David starts off the psalm and it's a prophetic eagle eye prophet who just went down and I could see him now as he's standing there or sitting there and he's he's looking upon the horizon and he's seeing into the future and he sees his king he sees his 
Savior. He sees, he sees the one who's to come and he sees the one who's to change the world and he sees the one who's supposed to bring deliverance. He sees the one who's supposed to be the sacrificial lamb for all of creation and he begins to pen these words and as Jesus is on the cross, we look at this scripture and we feel like King David is really going through it but yet he was seeing Christ on the cross. And he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And Jesus was going around, the Bible says, preaching the kingdom of heaven is near. And so now that God said, yes, I'm going to use you to be, to be my hands on earth to do things and to get things done and the priest had to do everything with his hands for the ritual, for the sacrifice of the atonement. God says, now I want to bring my son to the earth so I can really do what I've promised. So as he sent his son to the earth, Jesus, the Bible says, he goes around performing miracle after miracle. See, this was the problem. This was the problem. In the Old Testament... Everybody was looking for a sign. God revealed himself in the Old Testament through signs and through wonders. Is what I talked about last week, Beth. And how God revealed himself as a cloud by day and, 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 and fire by night. And how he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. And, and how, how he, he showed up to Moses in a burning bush. And, he, and he, he revealed his power and revealed himself through Elijah the prophet and called down fire from heaven and and, and, and there's many more things. And there's types of Christ all throughout Scripture. There's, there's a type of Christ like Moses who, 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 who scholars say he's a type of Christ in the Old Testament. And how Moses called his people out of Egypt and delivered them into salvation, into the promised land. And we, we know that King David is a type of Christ who, who he's a king like Jesus. And, and, and then we see Joseph throughout Scripture, how he's, he's a type of Christ and, and how he went through everything he went through and how he was, he was betrayed by his brothers and he was thrown into prison and, and then became second in command of Pharaoh. And, and we know that Jesus is the, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And, and, and we tied all that stuff in and, and we get to this place where now Jesus goes around and says, you know what? I have to do for you what you couldn't do. So listen to me. The Old Testament revealed, God revealed himself in the Old Testament through signs. But God revealed himself through the New Testament through his son. You see me? God revealed himself through the Old Testament through his signs. But God said, I'm tired of just revealing myself through signs. Now I'm going to reveal myself through my son. So now Jesus is a little boy. He's, he's saying, I got to be about my father's business and I got to do what God is, what my father has called me to do here on earth. So the Bible says that he went around and, 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 and when he went around, he was touching people with his hand. And, and, and the Bible says that even Peter's, Peter's wife was sick and he went there and laid hands on Peter's, Peter, was it Peter's wife or Peter's mother? It was one of them. I think it's Peter's mother, I think. And he laid his hands on her and because she had a fever and, and she was made well. And then there was a guy with a shriveled hand and he stretched out his hand and he touched his hand and, and he was made whole. And, and even, even, even um, 
the, the little girl that was 12 years old who, who was laying there that they thought was dead, Jesus had to get everybody else out of the room to bring people of belief in the room because you can't go into a room with unbelief to try to pray over people. you got to get the unbelief out of the room and get those who are believers who believe in the power and the touch of God. And so he got them into the room, and, and they said, why are you, Jesus said, why are you crying? She's not dead. She's just asleep. And he touched the little girl, and she was raised back up from the dead. But I, here, here's what I want to get to. Here's what I want to get to is that so so the 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 Old Testament God revealed himself through signs right we understand that God revealed himself in the Old Testament through signs and in the New Testament he revealed himself through his son so what happened was is the Pharisees and the Sadducees who were still living by the law when Jesus was made when God was made flesh through Jesus. He they went to Jesus, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and said, and pretty much said, If you're God, show us a sign. So they were still going through their old mindset and through the law. They were still, and, and Jesus, this is what Jesus said. He said, He said, When you look into the sky and the sky's red, you see that it's gonna be fair. Uh, it's going to be a fair, you, you know that by being on the water, you know, it's going to be a fair day. And, and yeah, and so, and, and so he, he, he went through that and he said, you're, you're, you're this adulterous generation. You're, you're looking for a sign, but the only sign that's going to be given is the sign of Jonah who was swallowed by the whale. And so what other words, what he was saying is that you're still looking for signs, but I'm the one that's standing in front of you. I am the sign. He said, you're still looking for signs, but I'm the sign. You're still looking, you're still looking at the law, you're still looking at those things. But if you understood what the scriptures say, how in Isaiah said that he will be born of a virgin, and they will call him Prince of Peace, and they will call him Comforter, and they will call him Counselor. If they understood the scriptures, they would understand. See, what, what happened was is that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, were looking for a king. They were. They were looking for a king who would physically, in the flesh, set up their, his kingdom on earth right there. But what Jesus said is that you're still looking for a sign when the sign's right in front of you. Understand? And that's just like how we are sometimes. We're, we're always, you, you ever felice something or you ever, you ever been like, God, I need a sign. I need a sign. And God's like, my sign is right in front of you. It's my word. And then you try to get confirmation through somebody else, which that's fine and good. That's good. God uses people for confirmation. But God, but we're the same way sometimes. And we're just like, God, give me a sign. Like, if that's the girl for me, give me a sign. If that's the boyfriend for me, give me a sign. You know, God, if this is the job you want me to take, give me a sign. <laughs> you know, God, if that's the car you want me to have, give me a sign. Yeah. God, if that's the house you want me to buy, give me a sign. It's like we're always looking for signs, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, and they were like, if you're, if you're really God, show us a sign. He said, but the only sign that you'll be given is the sign of Jonah. In other words, he was pointing them to him and how Jonah was swallowed up for, by a whale for three days and spit out in Nineveh. In other words, he was saying that I am the sign. I'm the one that is going to be in the, in the tomb for three days, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. And you guys keep looking for a sign, but I am the sign right in front of your eyes. 
Even Pilate, when Jesus was bound by his hands and he was taken to Pilate, even Pilate looked at him and said, what is truth? Jesus told him that everybody is on the side of truth. And Pilate looked at him and said, what is truth? If he only understood that truth was standing right, right in front of him. <laughs> truth was standing right there in front of him. If he only knew and he only could understand it, they were all looking for a sign. They were looking for this king to come in, a glorious warrior to come in on, on horses and chariots and set up his throne on earth and set up his kingdom on earth. And other, But God was saying, you keep still looking at the physical when I'm trying to do something spiritual. You keep trying to do all these rituals when I'm trying to cause you to, you to go deeper in me and, and righteous with me. See, I have to do something because of what happened in the beginning in the garden when sin came into the earth so now I have to I have to send my son to be that one at one minute that atonement that 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 sacrifice I have I see watch this watch this they were looking for the sign of a king to set up his throne on earth but the sign was right in front of them right you can't have an old mindset and expect new revelation. An old mindset will keep you from new revelation. They were so blind by the law. They were so blind by the rituals and by the things they had to do and the, and, and the high priest and all that they had to do and, and all the things that they had to get done. And, and, and so, so now, now the hands, I want you to give me, I'm about to wrap this up. Now the hands that formed mankind and the hands that protected and now the hands that provided are now nailed to a cross. Even though his hands were nailed to the cross, he was still providing a helping hand through redemption and the forgiveness of sins. It still was the hand of God who, who still provided you to have a clean slate, who still provided for you to be a new creation, who, who still provided for you to have hope in a future, to, who still provided for you to have, have, a, have a new future and, 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 a, and provided all of, all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And, and, and because of the cross, even though his hands were tied down and his hands were nailed to a cross, he was still performing a miracle. He was still performing a sign. He was still performing his wonders on earth. They, they even thought that it was all over with. They thought it was all over. The Pharisees, the high priests, the Sadducees, they all thought it was over. Yeah? They all thought it was over. He, they, 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 they nailed him to a cross and they said, you know, now we got rid of him. Now we got rid of him. He can't touch nobody no more. He can't heal nobody no more. He can't raise the dead no more. Look at him. They mocked him on the cross. God's hands were nailed to a cross. The hands that form mankind, the hand that protects you, the hand that provides for you, they thought they got him. And they laid him in a tomb for three days. And on the third day, he rose again. They really thought that he was, they really thought that he was done. But the Bible says in John 
said that when Peter and John ran to the tomb, guess what happened? The linen that was around his body was in one spot and the linen that was around his head was folded by the hands of Jesus in another spot. In Jewish tradition, and you may have heard this before, but Jewish tradition teaches, teaches us that when you would go into a restaurant or you would go somewhere and to get fed and, and, and go somewhere to, to eat, what happened was is that if you went to somewhere and, and after you were done eating, they would take their napkin and they would fold it and set it to the side as a sign of saying, I'm coming back because this was good and it was good service. They would fold it with their hand nice and neat and set it off to the side. So that's exactly what Jesus was doing. He, he said, you know what? Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? He took that linen that was around his head and he folded it up and he set it right there at night and nice and neatly folded and set it to a side. In other words, he was saying, you know what? You thought me, you thought you had me devil. You thought you had me enemy, but guess what? I'm coming back. I'm coming back to, re to, to be there for my people. I'm coming back to provide for my people. I'm coming back and I'm sending the Holy spirit to the earth to be with you, to provide for you, to be your comfort, to be your counselor. In other words, he said, you know what? I'm coming back and guess what? We're still waiting for the second coming of Christ. and We're still following him. We're still waiting for that trumpet sound and that the dead will be raised and those who remain shall be caught up in the air and be with him forevermore. And that we are still praising him for who he is and the one that they thought they nailed him to a cross, the one that they thought they were going to get rid of, the one that they thought they would be able to do away with was still working a miracle even though his hands were nailed to a cross, he was still providing that helping hand, he was still providing his sacrifice, he was still providing your healing, he was still providing you hope because it was his blood, his shed blood that was for the forgiveness of your sins so that way there couldn't be no more ritual there couldn't be no more no more religion it just was a relationship with him and him only the Bible says that there's only one mediator and his name is Jesus Christ and you can't get to the father except through him because he is the only way truth and the life stand to your feet So we understand the hand of God through all scripture. I wish you guys were here for the other part so you would understand how this tied in together. We understand how God's hand was in, in the beginning and all through the Old Testament, God's hand was shown and how God's hand was there to protect and how God's hand was there to provide. And God got to a place where he said, you know what, I have to do this on my own. And, and he sent his son to... To be, to be the ultimate sacrifice, to shed his blood for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. But now that Jesus was raised from the dead, and that, that napkin that he folded was the sign of him coming back, we now have victory in every area of our lives. Because of what he did on the cross. Because of what he's doing for you now. Sometimes we get to that point in our lives where we feel like we're weighed down, we're bogged down by, by you know, 
we have to do this, we have to do that in order for you know, people to like me or we got to do this to, to fit into the crowd these days. Or we have to act a certain way, we have to talk a certain way, we have to dress a certain way. But when you come to the cross and you realize for what Jesus has done in your life, it doesn't matter who you are, what your background is, what you've been through, what your skin color is, what it doesn't matter. Jesus died for all and once for all. We no longer have to live and have an old mindset like the Pharisees used to have and how they had that one mindset like this is, I have to look for a sign. The cross is your sign. Jesus is your sign. The hand of God that was nailed to the cross for you and I was still providing a miracle, was still performing the promise that he has spoken from the beginning. How he was the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the earth. Do you believe it? Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank